Streaming now only on Peacock. Five rich and famous international soccer stars. They have everything except love. I think girls in the past have gone for me because of what I've got. That's why we're going undercover. We're setting them up with single American women. They don't know we are famous. They don't know we are rich. And they'll have to hide their true identity. What do you need for work? I'm an ad salesman. (laughs) Oh, God. What am I doing? Love Undercover. New series streaming now only on Peacock. With the first jewel claim. Oh, it's a photo of the Derby! Mystic Dan! The race for the Triple Crown erupts into an epic party. The Preakness Stakes, May 18th on NBC and Peacock. Sunday, May 26th, the greatest spectacle in racing returns. The Indianapolis 500 on NBC and Peacock. 33 of the world's fastest drivers go head-to-head for a chance to kiss the bricks, taste the milk, and claim their place in racing history. Experience the drama, the pageantry, the tradition. Live from the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, the Indy 500. Sunday, May 26th on NBC and Peacock. Or listen on Sirius XM NBC Sports Channel. Here we go, team all Hey, real quick. We know we've been through a lot of a long season. When we look at our leader, Coach Rivera, I think he's a testament of what it means to grit, grind, and get through it. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Dan Snyder, the owner, he personally wanted to say this is a game ball for taking us to the playoff for the first time of God knows how long. But I'm telling you guys, it's about who you guys are. Team on three. One, two, three. Team. Monday edition of Pro Football Talk Live. Week 17 is behind us. I'm depressed. I'm upset. This is a strange kind of a day. We're excited because the postseason is upon us. But that means we have to say goodbye to the regular season. No Monday night games, no Thursday night games, no Tuesday or Wednesday night games, no Saturday. What are we going to do with ourselves, Chris? And let me say this. Let me say this. I was struck by the difference from week one to week 17. Eagles lost to Washington way back in week one. Remember, it was a 17-point lead that was wiped out. Is that what it was all the way back in week one? Was that the That was. was It was the mirror image of the prior week one when Washington was up 17-0. Anyway, the post-game celebration in the locker room, what a difference, and kudos to the teams out there that have adjusted and adapted. I remember being stunned by the post-game with the no masks and everyone bunched together after week one. Week 17, a huge difference as people take it more seriously, as teams try to avoid outbreaks, and now as Washington moves toward the postseason, trying to keep their guys healthy and available to play, they'll be hosting the Buccaneers on Saturday night on NBC. And kudos to Washington for all the dysfunction, plenty of it self-created. But still, they got the right coach to lead them through it, first year on the job, Division champs, congratulations to Ron Rivera and to Alex Smith. Rivera, fringe coach of the year candidate. Alex Smith, definite comeback player of the year winner. Yeah, no, definite. Uh, Unbelievable story. I mean, the organization has been through a lot this year from like every which, you know, angle there is. I mean, holy cow, off the field, on the field, the name change, everything like that. But they persevered. And I think like you said, it is about Ron Rivera. He's just got a way about him. This calmness always. He's the same guy every day. And when an organization is in turmoil, that's the kind of guy you want, you know, leading your, you know, leading the command is a guy that's the same person and you can depend on him to kind of be that day in and day out. So awesome job by him, Alex Smith, the whole football team. Way to go. Good morning to everyone, by the way. It's January 4. Holidays are over, but the NFL Whoa. holidays are looming with the Super Bowl just a few weeks away. It's PFT Live. We're on Peacock. We're on Sirius XM 211. Oh, also, The Office is now on Peacock, and I've been watching The Office all weekend long. They have extended episodes of Season 3. If you didn't already have Peacock, get it now. If you're seeing this, you already have Peacock, so what the hell. If you're listening on Sirius XM 211, make sure you get Peacock. If you're watching on NBCSN for the re-air, get Peacock. And if you're watching on Sky Sports NFL, sorry, I don't think you can get Peacock yet, but hopefully one day 
you will because why can't they get why can't they get peacock i don't think it's available there yet really? i don't think it's available there okay yet. i'll look into that i didn't know that. apps I'll, didn't I'll, travel I'll to, to different continents i wasn't sure of that yeah, that's I, a new one yeah. for me I, I there's geolocation in your gps in your phone that keeps that from gotcha. happening i guess anyway anyway uh th- there is <laughs> so much so much to get to today and and I, I tweeted, Chris, that halfway through the show, you're going to be replaced with Nate Sudfeld, by the way, just so uh, you, you need to be. Whoa, we're throwing the show uh, today? We're just going to throw it? The hell with it? Well, <laughs> Is that what we're doing? throw it every day. <laughs> I don't In this case, Nate Sudfeld possibly will be an upgrade. I don't know. I haven't heard or seen Nate Sudfeld talk about football. You're trying to win I the show him, then. Yeah, okay. I, 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 have, I have seen him play football. And, man, what a way – for this all to come down after the Cowboys and the Giants fight and scratch and claw through an elimination game where the loser's out and the winner just has to go home, get some popcorn, make some brisket, have a beer or two, settle in and see if the Eagles can knock off Washington. You and I both thought that they would. And I think if they had left Jalen Hurts in wire to wire, they would have. But it was not to be because with the game still very much in hand, with the Eagles still very much in position to win, out went Jalen Hurts and in went Knight Sudfeld. And before we say anything farther, we have to give Doug Peterson a chance to explain himself. Here's the man who supposedly made the decision after the game explaining why Hurts went out and Sudfeld went in. I was coaching and we went to win. Uh, yes, that was my decision solely. Um, Nate has uh, obviously been here for uh, four years, um, and uh, I felt that uh, he he deserved an opportunity to uh, to get some to get some snaps. And um, um, listen, uh, if if there's anything out there that that thinks that I was not trying to win the game, I mean, you know. Ertz is out there. Brandon Graham's out there. Darius Slay's out there. You know, all our top guys are still on the field at the end. So uh, we were we were going to win the game. My question to you then is, you know, why would you do that? Is this just for the draft picks, or is this something uh, else that we're missing here? Pretty simple. Um, I wanted to get uh, the plan this week was to get Nate some time, and um, I felt like it was the time to to get him in the game. That had all of the demeanor and cadence of something that had been rehearsed over and over again in his hotel room mirror, didn't it? Like, he knew this was coming. Sure. He'd practiced it. I don't buy it. I don't buy it. You don't buy it. No one bought it. We don't need to see Nate Sudfeld. We know what Nate Sudfeld is. And of course they do. Isn't Right. They know what Nate Sudfeld is. I've seen him every day for four years. And... And and look, I, he, here's where I am upset more than anything else. And we, we were texting deep into the night about this issue and the ethics of it. And I've been a proponent for years. Once you're out of the playoffs, what's the point? If you can get a higher spot in the draft, what is the point? It felt different last night, though, because it was a primetime game and because of all the tentacles that applied here with Washington – winning in and if Washington loses the Giants get in and 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 it's the last game of the season and reasonable minds may disagree on this but I think the last game of the season has an extra little oomph to it and I think if the NFL had any idea this was going to happen the NFL doesn't pick that game maybe the NFL goes with no game in prime time if they have any idea that the Eagles aren't going to be committed to trying to win it and and I I'm I'm pissed at myself sorry London that I didn't see this coming because this meshes with the thing that I've been advocating for the years, because it is on the surface, very smart to go from nine to six, which is what happened for the Philadelphia Eagles, Chris. But there's something about it that doesn't sit well with me. And it very well could be. I just didn't see it coming. And I'm upset with myself for not seeing it coming. And the fact that the Eagles did it makes me upset with my myself that I didn't see it coming. And maybe that's why it bothers me. I don't know. Maybe this isn't integrity of the game. Maybe it's just I wish I would have seen it coming so I could have been saying all week long, watch out, watch out. In the second half, watch out. Philly's going to mail. I just didn't see it. I just I felt like in week 17, the last game of the season, with an opportunity for Jalen Hurts 
to you know put more hay in the barn and 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 show the Eagles that he can get it. To, I just thought they would go for it. I I mean I I did too. I, I did. I can't lie. I, I mean there's there's a lot of things to talk about here, but I can't fault them. I mean I think that's the first thing here. Yeah, I mean it's it's unfortunate. You know, Mike, you've talked about it a lot, like you just alluded to. I mean, you really have. You've brought it up. You've talked about how much sense it makes. You've talked about the 2014 Tampa Bay Buccaneers, right, and how they kind of did it the last game of the year and all those things. You've brought up another example or two throughout my time knowing you. This is the first time it's happened on the stage like you're talking about. And on the big stage. I mean, it's Sunday night football, you know, another team in the NFL their season is in the balance because of this, and it was just egregiously thrown in our face. Like, at what point did you think, like, when it was 17-14 and they went for the touchdown, were you sold at that point? They were, like, throwing the game, or were you just going, oh, it's Doug Peterson, he's aggressive? Because I will say, when it was they were down there, I think it was fourth and four right on the goal line, Jalen Hurts had the little scramble to the left, had a guy open, threw it short, right? Made a nice play to do all that. But at that point, were you thinking, ooh, are they trying to throw this? Or is this Doug Peterson being, you know, Johnny Analytics? So when did it kind of sink in for you? Or when it was when you saw Sudfeld warming up? Oh, yeah. It's funny because we do a digital taping right after halftime. Rodney Harrison, Tony Dungy, Mike Tirico and me. And just as we were wrapping that, that fourth down play was happening. And we all kind of like... It, oh, analytics. That's that's what Tony said. Oh, analytics. I got to go for it on fourth and four, not kick the field goal. What's he thinking? Oh, I got to be aggressive. You know, all the, right. the stuff that we've had fun with over time. Nobody said, oh, he's throwing the game. By the time I got back downstairs from my studio and Shereen Williams had texted to all the PFT writers something along the lines of, is he actually going to put Nate Sudfeld in the game? What the hell is he thinking? That was when I was like, that's when it started to hit me that this was happening. And, and even though it should have been obvious, it just was hard to process. Like you said, it's playing out on a big stage. It's playing out with stakes involved for two other teams for the, for Washington and for the giants. It, It had this, this strange confluence of factors that makes it harder to pull it off. And, and that was what, someone who's been involved with the NFL for over 30 years now pointed out to me last night because this was creating a ton of buzz. Yeah. And the idea is it makes sense, but but doing it hurts your team yeah. culturally. Right. It has a toll. It 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 has a price. And the difference and as we worked this through last night, Chris, one of the things that that kind of stood out for me, it's one thing if you're tanking to be the worst team in the NFL and get the first overall pick cuz a lot of those guys that helped you be 1-15, 2-14, 0-16, they're not going to be there next year anyway. Get the hell out. Who cares if you're upset? Right. Too bad. You should have played better so we weren't in position to try to get the first pick. For the Eagles, it's different. A lot of those guys are going to be back next year. And they're out there on the last night of the season. You know, it's got, you know, as, as we've, and it first kind of dawned on me with the Texans, Lions, and Thanksgiving, there's a bowl game quality to it where you're, 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 people are watching you play. And we're out here, and we're playing hard, and we got a chance to screw things up for Washington. And wait a minute, we're not trying. We're we're just we're just pulling the plug now. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of damage. It needs to be undone. And I don't think the Eagles thought all that through before they decided to implement this plan, which I don't think came from Doug Peterson. I think it came from higher in the organization. Yeah, I would imagine so too. I would think this is a total organizational decision, owner, GM, everybody involved to go this route. And I mean, th- I was just going to go that direction too before you said it. Because that's the other reason we don't see it. You know, you, you kind of explained it right. Yeah, maybe it's those teams that are O and whatever or 1 and whatever. But it's rare where you see a team like this who was still in the playoff race last week, who's had many uh, a press conferences this year that, you know, oh, we're doing everything we can to win and do all those things. And then, as Doug Peterson mentioned, all those guys were out there playing, putting their butts on the line and one of the more dangerous sports in the whole world, and the organization wasn't really trying to win. And that's where guys will go home and go, that's BS, and they'll have a beer with each other later today and go, that's BS, 
And then they're going to talk about that in the offseason and go, man, I don't know. Do I trust coach? Did he lie to us? Those things are going to be part of it. That's why teams don't do that. That's why I don't think a lot of the big-time coaches would fold tents like that and those kind of things because they don't want to set that culture and get it going. So I, I do think that's a very delicate balance there. And they obviously thought the three picks were worth and Doug Peterson's people skills could overcome it. And I don't doubt that because Doug Peterson, he does have amazing people skills and that team loves him. It reminds me in a weird sort of way of all the damage that Pete Carroll had to undo after the decision to throw and not run at the goal line in Super Bowl 49. Right. It stuck with guys. Mm -hmm. It didn't go away. And ultimately, I think they had to just part ways with multiple players before they were going to wash that out of the organization. That may be what the Eagles have acquired here. And when you consider on paper, the value. And, and this isn't apples to apples, but three spots in the top 10. What's that worth to go from nine to six? When the Jets moved from six to three in 2018 to get in position to get Sam Darnold, they gave up two second round picks in 2018 and a second round pick in 2019. So it was worth three second round picks. High value players that can form a significant part of the nucleus of your team given up by the Jets to just go from six yeah. to three. So, and, and, and this is an example of, you know, we hear about analytics all the time within the confines of decisions made during a game, but the concept is broader than that. The concept is turning the sport of football into something that is analyzed with numbers and probabilities and statistics and mathematics. And from an analytical standpoint, this was a no-brainer. There's nothing to be gained by the Philadelphia Eagles by winning that game last night. Nothing to be gained. Who cares about the difference between 4-11 and 1, 5-10 and 1? Yeah. Who cares? Right. It does not matter at all to anyone. You're not making the playoffs. It's over. It's done. That extra loss means Jack Diddley squat. But losing, yeah. It's 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 got its it's got its it's worth its weight in gold. You move from nine to six. People give up multiple second-round draft picks to make that kind of a move at the top ten. So, fine. Makes sense. But but you lose a piece of your soul as a football team, and it's not going to be easy to get it back. Yeah, I, I think that's, the, that, that's you know, the balance. And, and, and I understand them doing it. You know, it's a delicate one, certainly. They have confidence, I think, that a Doug Peterson can, can find the right balance and tone with his football players and the – the main leaders in that locker room. And, you know, you just don't know. You know, again, like like you said, it's worth its weight in gold. I mean, a number three spots up, number six, you're doing all you can do. That's a great asset. How do you know? We don't know yet, but, you know, we could get to draft time. And what if it was the other way around? They won the game, right? And, okay, like you're saying, oh, whoop-dee-doo, they're 5-10-1. Now they're the number nine seed. And what if they need, let's just talk, hell, well, there's two unbelievable pass rushers in the draft this year. Oh, they're going to be gone by pick number seven. Then you're going to go, what was that win at the end of the year worth it when we have a guy here that we think could could have changed our team next year? So that's what they're banking on, that, that they're going to have a position or at least teams who are willing to want to trade up to that position, and it's going to improve their team that way. So I think there's a lot into that. I, I'm with you, Mike. Here's the other part of it. And let me just ask you this, because this has occurred to me as, you know, watching the game there last night. I mean, do they do this last night? We know to lose the football game, but is it also a double whammy of let's maybe still try to save the Carson Wentz thing and not let Jalen Hurts win the game and have to hear that and go into the offseason with that? Are Doug Peterson and Howie Roseman still trying to salvage that situation? That's just one angle that popped up to my head, too, that they didn't want to win that game and have to deal with that conversation because they still – Carson Wentz is their guy. I don't know. What's your thought on that? I agree with you completely. Completely. Especially because of what we talked about during the pregame show and what I reported yesterday at PFT and talked right. about it last night. They want to get past this season. They're going to press pause. They're going to get some distance. And then they're going to sit down and make a decision about what the quarterback position will be in 2021. Will Wentz be reinstalled as the starter? 
whether it be an open competition between Wentz and Jalen Hurts, or will Jalen Hurts keep the job? That's decision number one. Yeah. But they still believe in Carson Wentz. And if you go back and look at some other franchise quarterbacks early in their careers, Ben Roethlisberger, third year of his career, he had a regression. It didn't last. Sure. Peyton Manning, Peyton Manning, the Jim Mora playoffs year. They were 6-10. and 10. Yeah. Peyton Manning was People like 26 that. touchdown passes, 23 interceptions. Right. He regressed in year four of his career. Right. And they fixed him. And so there's a belief that they're going to fix him. They've given up too much. They've made too much of an investment to just throw him out in the trash. So you're right, Chris. If Jalen Hurts pulls off this big win in primetime and knocks Washington out of the playoffs and everybody says, oh, Jalen Hurts is the guy, and you create this expectation in Philadelphia exactly. that he's the starter for 2021, right. it makes it harder to implement a, a rational plan based on what we think the future will be. And 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 so I, I think there is something to that, that it's we didn't want the Jalen Hurts monster to be too, too big. Yeah. We didn't want right. this to be a thing that made it, an inevitability that he's the starter next year. And if they win that game with a last second run to the end zone by Hertz and everybody celebrates and, and they knock out Washington. Uh, yeah. There's a chance that you can't put that genie back in the bottle. No, you're right. They're backed into a corner and in, in, in every, in every which way, if that happens, you know, let alone you lose the three spots in the draft. So, I mean, that to me, I think in totality, is really what was done here. Yeah, three spots in the draft. There's a lot of value. Sorry it was on Sunday Night Football. And, you know, they teased the country there for a little while to think, oh, my gosh, and especially me and my little son, Philip Sims. I mean, he, yeah, his name's Phil Sims. You know, we were rooting for the damn Eagles. We wanted the Giants to get in the damn playoffs. So we were pissed sitting there. But regardless, they did what they thought was best for their organization. And they, more than any other team, I think, in the league – are headed towards the most interesting offseason in all of football. So they had to approach it delicately. I mean, it's really interesting. We're, you know, you laid it out there. It's a guy they traded for. He's the number two pick of the draft. He's played at an MVP level. He's carried the team in 2019. This year he fell apart and looked like crap. They drafted a guy who's got some following. He's got a great charisma and leadership to him. He played well. And if Jalen Hurts wins... I, they can't get rid of either guy or they're, they're not going to win. They're in a no win situation. They try to get rid of Jalen Hurts. People are going to go, how could you do that? He should be the guy, right? And if Jalen Hurts wins, Carson Wentz's, uh, their leverage to ask for a trade or anything like that is going to go way, way down too because people are just going to go, well, the Philadelphia, they want Jalen Hurts and they got to get rid of Carson Wentz. This isn't going to work. So uh, I think from all those, you know, things, it, it makes sense. And I think ideally they'd like to find a way to keep both on the roster because of all teams in the NFL, the Eagles understand the value of having two capable quarterbacks. That's how they won the Super Bowl. That's how they almost got back to the Final Four in 2018. When Carson Wentz can't play, you need someone else who can come in and play. And obviously that someone else is not yeah. Nate Sudfeld. They want it to be Jalen Hurts. What did you say, Mike, and last it, night, that they value the backup quarterback as what? A, a, a top, top 15 position on the roster. That's Yeah, that says a lot. I mean, it's, it's smart yeah. team building. I understand that, certainly. And like you said, it did. It won them a Super Bowl. All right, there was a gif making the rounds of Jalen Hurts on the sidelines saying it's not right, it's not right. That's not what he said after the game uh, because, he's, <laughs> because he's not going to bare his soul in front of a microphone. But let's hear from Jalen Hurts on getting benched uh, following the loss to Washington. Every As a competitor, um, I, I, I play to win. Um, and, you know, you got to trust, uh, trust coach with that. You know, Nate's worked really hard um, all year, you know, and I think he's a great player. And, um, coach wanted to give him an opportunity at some point in the game. Um, and. You know, he was given the opportunity. Obviously, like I said, me being a competitor, um, talk about winning all the time, going out there and trying to win all the time, and that's what I'm all about. Um, but like I said, I, I trust Coach with that. That's, that's all I can do. About that jersey he's got. Is that an old-school Eagles jersey? It looked that, like it, right? that wasn't That wasn't the game jersey from last night. I'd love to have seen what he was wearing under there. My, it, Michael, like it looked school. like an old – I thought it said seven one time. Maybe it was a Michael Vick jersey, uh, one yeah, of the Kelly yeah, Green possibly. ones. Possibly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, look, he, he's not, he's not going to 
he's not going to call it out, but it's going to stick with him too. He's going to be one of the guys moving forward that Doug Peterson is going to have to spend time talking to to explain what he did. And, you know, at some point, does Peterson just lay it on the line with these guys and say, look, we, we, we just wanted to get the higher draft pick. Well, that's, that's what we wanted to do. We're going to be better off. We're going to be a better team next year sitting at number six instead of number nine in round one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I, I, I think so. At some point, I think he's probably going to – might, that might happen today in the exit meeting, maybe tomorrow, whatever, where he pulls aside a few of the leaders on his football team to kind of let them know. So word trickles out throughout the roster to go like, okay, coach kept it real with us, and now we know what was going on. But Jalen Hurts said something interesting there too, you know, to, to the point of what we're talking about and how there is a balance there because he said we talk about winning all the time. You know, that's what we're all about. He said that. That's what we talk about. That's what we're all about. So that just shows you. See, the players are going to go back home and have a beer or sit there tonight and go, wait, what the hell? What the hell was that? So I do think it will be important for Doug Peterson to get out and talk to guys and kind of let them know what, what the overall over organizational you know oversight was here. And I think you got to do it fast. Yeah. They do the exit interviews with the players right on the heels of this season ending. And and I think that that message needs to be addressed or he will have already lost his locker room for 2021. I, I don't know. I, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, look, it, it sounds extreme. But if you don't handle this the right way, you, you create a cloud that's going to hang over your team next year. And it's going to be hard to undo the damage. And you're going to get the side eye from time to time, from certain key players when you make certain decisions. And there's going to be snarky comments from time to time when when decisions are made by the coach. And again, this may not have even been a decision that was made by the coach. Yeah. The one thing, the one thing that should have been obvious the moment this happens, once, once, once we set aside our desire to be entertained – and watch a good game that was maybe going to go down to the wire just like last year between the 49ers and the Seahawks to finish the regular season. Once you set that aside, one of the epiphanies that you have is Peterson's definitely safe. There's no question about it. No doubt. He's not going to be part of this plan if he's not going to be part of the team next year. He He's implementing what someone else has decided was in the best interest of the team and uh, him going along with it shows that he's not going to be getting a pink slip this week. No, no, not, absolutely not. You're right. This is, you know, hey, let, you know, he could always say, yeah, we were doing whatever we had to do to win, right? That's what he said when he put Nate Sutherland in 2021. I mean, that's what they're doing. Yeah. You know, yeah, the that's hell, right. That's right. It, I'm yeah. playing to win next year next and the year, year after. Right, exactly right. Yeah. It's, it's a, you know, he just left that part out of it. He didn't finish yeah. the sentence. Good. So that, I like that. That's what, that's what he did there. And, you know, we'll see what they do, the Philadelphia Eagles. But it is going to be interesting. And I'll say this to last, the last thing, Mike, because, like, I know, yeah, it's so disappointing that we had that game last night. And I'll just throw out to the NFL one more time. I don't think we would have had this problem if we had the battle for the number two seed by week. We would have had a game that had real importance somewhere. And this was the only one that had any true guaranteed importance and I don't know. I mean, what can the league do to stop this? Call the well, Eagles on Sunday and go, hey, if we put you on Sunday night, are you guys going to tank or are you going to play? I mean, that, that, you know, so that, that's where it's tough. See, and, and part of the reason that that call doesn't happen is because the NFL's attitude toward tanking has been to just yeah. ignore it. I've used the example in the past. A good friend of mine, he had four brothers. They had a little dog. The rule was if the dog pooped on the rug, whoever noticed it had to clean it up. So what happened? No one ever noticed it. It just sat there forever. That's what the NFL's attitude toward tanking is. It's that poop on the rug that it refuses. Sorry, I'm sorry. Enjoy your breakfast. That the NFL refuses to notice. It refuses to acknowledge, doesn't want to have a draft lottery because you have to acknowledge that there's an incentive. There's there's this firewall, Chris, between win, 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 and, oh, hey, look at this. They've got the first overall pick in the draft. And, and it's like they don't want fans to understand the connection between losing and enhancing your draft status, and people have figured that out. Yeah. That, that, that ship has sailed. And so, yes, I think that's now – I think as the NFL learns – Year after year, how best to program that last game of the season, this is now a factor that needs to be considered going forward because 
another game may have been better or yeah. or no game right. like we saw a few years ago. Maybe the, you just play them all in that six-hour window. Sometimes that's the best decision to make because there isn't a game that's going to have that compelling finish like we saw last year between the Seahawks and the 49ers. Um, let's not completely ignore Washington, though, in this segment. We, we have some sound from both Ron Rivera and Alex Smith from – the uh, aftermath of an unlikely division title. Here they are. <laughs> I, all I care about is it says division champs. Uh, it's still alive. Um, you know, and that, that, that was every offseason when you get together as a team, the number one goal, the, the, the easiest way to get a ticket to the dance is win the division. And, uh, you know, it, it, it certainly wasn't looking likely there for a long time in the beginning of the year for us. And, and uh, to be here now, though, like I said, I think says a lot about the character we got. Don't judge us from where we've been. Judge us from where we're going. So let's see how we handle this going forward. You know, this is a big opportunity for us. Um, you know, I love what they said about just getting in. And, and that's all we needed was a chance to get in. We'll see what happens. We're going to play against a very good football team with, uh, you know, uh, a lot of good football players. And so I'm excited about it. Last time a team with a losing record got into the playoffs, it was Ron Rivera's Panthers in 2014 7 eight and one and they won in the wild card round now they faced ryan lindley not tom brady big difference a little because different. carson palmer was hurt for the cardinals but then after winning that game the panthers went to seattle and, and gave the seahawks who were the defending super bowl champions at the time a run for their money Ooh, so they did i'm not ready to just completely scratch washington off the tree but I'm close. I mean, the pencil is there. Yeah. It's ready to start. It's ready to start going back and forth and back and forth with Washington gone, Chris. Uh, but, you know, we'll see. Crazier things have happened. Well, there, there's some redeeming things about their football team that you like, definitely. Um, but, you know, I, I think ultimately it's going to be about their defense. Their defense does – I mean, it matches up well with anybody. We know that. And anytime we've seen, hey, old Brady issues – it's a front four that can drop seven into coverage, do those type of things. But Washington football team is offensively challenged, as you saw last night. And Antonio Gibson's not 100%, and Terry McLaurin's not 100%. They need them to get you know, closer to being totally back to 100% for them to have a chance. But I think ultimately, too, it's going to be a game where if Washington's defense doesn't create a turnover or two or something like that, Yes, I think they're outmatched in this one. This is, you know, like you said, this is not Ryan Lindley. This is Brady and a whole bunch of other awesome players coming to town. Still, it will be very exciting to see what the Buccaneers can do in the postseason. They've gotten better and better and better as the season's unfolded. And, yeah, this is not a game that, that Washington should be looking forward to. But the mindset is we got nothing to lose. Everybody expects us to lose. Let's just go play football, and we'll see what happens. And it's not like anyone is going to be highly critical of Washington for blowing a game against the Buccaneers where they are going to be significant underdogs as they should be. All right, let's take a break. Underdogs for the past 18 years are finally back in the playoffs. It's going to be deja vu all over again, though, for the Browns next weekend on NBC on Sunday night. But we'll, we'll, we'll give them the props they deserve and spin it forward for the Browns when PFT Live continues right after this. There's no place like the movie theater. The smell of fresh popcorn welcomes you to a full body experience while candies and sodas compete for your attention. Pick me! Pick me! Hoping to join you in the best seats you've reserved on Fandango. It's where movie lovers buy tickets, pick seats, and double up on rewards points all online. All that's left is to walk in, snack up, and sit back. Visit Fandango.com or download the app today for your ticket to the movies. The Premier League is built on hope. The hope of discovering a new star. It doesn't take long, but Darwin Nunez to make an impression. The hope of rewriting history. And the hope of continuing a dynasty. Unstoppable week after week. This is the Premier League on NBC, USA and Peacock. I'm ready to go. Streaming now only on Peacock. Five rich and famous international soccer stars. They have everything except love. I think girls in the past have gone for me because of what I've got. 
That's why we're going undercover. We're setting them up with single American women. They don't know we are famous. They don't know we are rich. And they'll have to hide their true identity. What do you need for work? I'm an ad salesman. <laughs> oh, God. What am I doing? Love Undercover. New series streaming now only on Peacock. The AFC playoff field is set. The one thing we knew going into Sunday, the Chiefs, the number one seed. Who would be the number two seed? Well, the Buffalo Bills blew the doors off the Miami Dolphins. I mean, it was arguably one of the most impressive wins the Bills have had because they didn't really need it critically, Uh and, and the Dolphins did, and they scored 56 points. So kudos to the Bills, the two seed. Steelers, the three seed, after losing to the Cleveland Browns, they get the rematch next week. And the Titans back and forth and back and forth with the Texans winning the game late and getting the division title and the four seed. They'll host the Ravens, a rematch of that game where they were dancing on the logo in pregame in Baltimore. I wonder if any Ravens players will desecrate the Titans logo at midfield before the game. But, you know, there's, there's some intriguing games, both conferences. But I like that playoff tree. I like Steelers-Browns. I, I like Colts-Bills. I, you know, you never know what you're going to get with the Colts. You never know what they may muster defensively. And if they're going to run for 235 yards from Jonathan Taylor, if he's still got that kind of juice in his body in January as a rookie, watch out. They, they may be able to control the clock, control the game, and keep Josh Allen on the sidelines, Chris. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I hear you. I mean, yes, there, there's some dangerous aspects of that Colts football team. I think ultimately the biggest thing that I'm love, I love about the bracket to like what you're saying, I, to me, there's no doubt those these are the we got the best seven teams in the playoffs, and that to me always sets up for the best playoffs. As much as I love the story of the Dolphins and Brian Flores and everything, the Cinderella story, the rebuild, all of that. I, you know, I just, I don't think it was going to lead to the best matchups. And I always get worried when a team like that gets in the playoffs and then who knows, maybe they upset a game and then it ruins our divisional weekend or something like that too. So I am, I'm with you. Very happy with that bracket altogether. They're all good matchups. Any of them could go either way. But and to your point, I mean, I think we could argue Buffalo's the hottest team in football right now. So we'll see what they can do against the Colts. If the Bills beat the Colts, if the Steelers beat the Browns, and if the Ravens beat the Titans, it's going to be Steelers-Bills in the division round. It would be Ravens-Chiefs, and that's where that disruption could happen with Baltimore taking on their kryptonite. Although maybe the kryptonite isn't as potent this time around, it could be Ravens beating the Chiefs just like it was Titans beating the Ravens last year and and screwing up our our presumed Ravens-Chiefs AFC championship I think we're all kind of hoping for Bills Chiefs, except for the fans of the individual teams. I'm, I'm, that's no guarantee. Not with the way the Ravens are playing, Chris. No. Uh, we'll talk about that game later. Um, but the Ravens keep getting better and better and better, and they're going to be very dangerous in the postseason if they keep doing what they've done. But the Browns, I don't know what to make of them for the playoffs. I don't know what to make of what I saw yesterday because it was the Browns depleted to a certain extent by COVID-19 reserve against a Steelers JV team. And it went back and forth, and it was down to the wire, and it was still in doubt until the very end when Baker Mayfield ran for a first down on third and one. 24-22 was the final score. Let's hear from Baker Mayfield on clinching the first playoff berth for the Cleveland Browns since 2002. The feeling of walking off the field, the energy in the stadium, you know, they're playing Cleveland Rocks. There's an old-school video going on, and I can look up and see old-school highlights. Uh, you know, you got... Brian Seip, Bernie Kozar, some, some old schoolers on there. It's just – and for it to be that loud with a limited amount of fans, uh, it's a special moment for us. A limited amount of fans can make a ton of noise. They're going to be going into an arena on Sunday night with no fans in Pittsburgh, and that's going to be a challenge for both teams. In the postseason, though, it should be a lot easier to find your energy, especially with a couple of division rivals going at it, Chris. But to, to, to get it done, to get in – you know, there was some doubt going into week 17. There was a lot of fear from Browns fans that when it all fell apart, it was going to be them on the outside looking in. But, you know, 18 years, Browns fans deserve it. And and the question now is, is it just enough to get back? Right? Is next year the year that 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 you 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 advance a round or two or can they find a way? to beat the Steelers in Pittsburgh after getting blown out there earlier this year? It's going to be a, a compelling 
question as the week unfolds. But at least for now, Browns fans, just take a breath and enjoy the fact that that 18 years is over and you get to enjoy being back in the playoffs. That feeling of of anything can happen. That's a great feeling during the the weeks of the playoffs. Anything can happen until that next game starts. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I mean, how can you not be proud of you know what Kevin Stefanski has done, Baker Mayfield, the transformation he had in his game throughout the season. I mean, it's been it's been fun to watch. I mean, Cleveland, you're on you're on the right path. You really are. Everything's going in the right direction. And who knows what happens next week? You're certainly capable of beating the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, I got like a few Browns friends who text me and they're like, wow, I mean, if we couldn't beat them yesterday more convincingly, how are we going to beat them when, you know, they're back at full strength? I understand that thought. But it's a weird week altogether. One, hey, there is the pressure of, oh, man, we got to get in the playoffs and play. The Steelers, on the other hand, are totally free and can just not even worry about it. There is something to that, you know, in a football game to where one team can go out and just be free and let it go. The other team, yeah, their butthole's tight and they're not, they don't want to make a big mistake. Sorry. Yeah. Welcome. You said poop this morning. I said that. Hello. Welcome to Monday morning. All right. So (laughs) now you get to that and then let alone, (laughs) let alone all the damn issues they had to deal with this week. I mean, they didn't get the full week of practice and meetings were weird. You know, you had a, they had a COVID-19, you know, conversation every 20 minutes there in Cleveland. So it wasn't an easy week. And of course they were missing players. So it's not apples to apples just because the Steelers weren't at full strength that this is going to be a blowout for the Steelers this week. I don't buy that. Uh, I think it'll be a different game and a different intensity, and and the Browns will approach it differently too. Good to see we're already working on the highlight reel for 2021. Now that we get started early, reel or 2020, may as well may as well get that two minutes and 20 seconds in the bank as quickly as we can. The 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 COVID issue was real, and yesterday morning, you know, I started to see the perfunctory tweets that all games are on, all games are on. I started to poke around a little bit. the Brown Steelers game was still kind of up in the air. They were doing morning testing of Browns players to make sure they were they were able to go forward, that they weren't in the midst of an outbreak. They had they had believed all week that they weren't, but but they still wanted that last all clear. But they, they got it in, they got it done, and they were depleted. And hopefully by next weekend they won't be depleted. You know, one of the risks of of playing football games, and it's not being on the field, it's being on the sideline, it's being in the locker room. That is the most dangerous day of the week as it relates to the pandemic and as we see the numbers continuing to go up and up and up in the communities and as we see more and more players catching it away from the facility when they gather on Sunday when they gather on game day and yesterday we had all 32 teams together including the 14 playoff teams that's going to be something to monitor and you know I I know whenever I mention that they're like oh you're rooting for it no I, I I people need to understand that this should be on the radar screen that this is something that's out there that could undermine the upcoming super wild card weekend as the NFL is calling it, Chris. Yeah, no, I mean, definitely. It's, it's something, I mean, I'm, I'm watching that. Like I'm going to be watching film on the, on the teams. I mean, that's, that's just the honest, that's part of the competition this year. That is part of it. Plain and simple. Yeah. You got to worry about game plan and getting ready for your other opponent. You got to worry about going home and game planning your life. So you don't get COVID and ruin your damn football team. That that's part of the year. Welcome to 2020 football. I mean, and now it's the playoffs. So uh, it, it is going to be a big part of it. The Steelers have done a phenomenal job throughout. The Steelers needed that rest yesterday. That'll be interesting. Cleveland, though, you know, again, they were up 24 to 9. The Steelers got into desperation mode, had a fourth down, throw a jump ball to Claypool. Cleveland did control the game, even though they gave us a worry there at the end of the football game. And they did do that without. Denzel Ward and a bunch of other good players on their football team in the secondary and all that. So uh, I'm excited. I'm glad Cleveland got in. They deserve it. It's been tough for those fans, and uh, I'm happy for all of them. And look, this isn't the Steelers team that blew out the Browns earlier this year. We don't know what to make of this Steelers team. They had one good half of football against the Colts in six weeks. So who knows? Who knows? where this team is really going to be next week. And from the Browns' perspective, they surely remember the last time they went to Pittsburgh and what happened to them. And if you can get off to a better start and not fall into that hole early, maybe maybe you have a chance. I don't know. This is one that I'm going to spend the whole week thinking about, especially because my, my niece, who is a huge Browns fan, has already threatened to disown me if I pick the Steelers to win that game. And and she's she's trying 
to get me to get her a ticket to the game, she doesn't understand that no fans means no fans. Nobody goes to the nobody goes to the games in Pittsburgh. I can't get you a ticket. You well, can't get you in. know these millennials—they don't want to listen to that crap. <laughs> <laughs> what? But can you still get me a ticket? Yeah, can you? Still no, get me? there's no fans. Yeah, they have no fans in Pittsburgh. All right, they are going to have fans in Buffalo on Saturday when the playoffs get started. Sixty-seven hundred of them will get to finally witness their team, which has been phenomenal this year and better and better and better each and every week they are blowing teams out they have that glow of a special team of a team of destiny that's what it feels like for the Buffalo Bills right now and Josh Allen I'm telling you Chris I know that Aaron Rodgers is your guy but I know that Josh Allen's your guy too yeah and I I I I really do believe that the MVP question yeah between I hear Aaron Rodgers and Josh Allen is a lot closer than than ninety five percent of the people would acknowledge. I, I listen. I agree with you there. I think it is much closer than people realize. At least in, in in my eyes. I mean, you know, again, I don't know. I think through the year, really, if we broke it down from wows and wow factor, I don't think anybody made us say wow more every week than Josh Allen. I think that's just the honest to God truth. You and I sitting there, I know you're in West Virginia, but we can see each other. You see our room. I don't think there's a quarterback in football this year that made us say, wow, whoa, unbelievable, all of that. There was that two-week span, I know, where they lost to the Titans and Chiefs. Other than that, it's been, you know, to what you're saying, big-time MVP-type football. And yesterday, like, Mike, you're right. They got a glow. They got a confidence about them. You know, there there it is. It's 21-6. to six. And Matt Barkley, it's 21 to three. Let's just unpack it a little bit. And Tua and the Dolphins go down to get a field goal, then 21 to six. And then meanwhile, Matt Barkley is warming up the whole time, and you're going, oh, that's it. The Bills are going to do it. I don't know. McDermott didn't like that it was 21 to six or whatever. He wanted to put them away for real. They th- Josh Allen runs out there, they go down and score a touchdown. It, they're just, they kind of seem like an unstoppable force right now with what they're doing on that side of the ball. It, it's really fun to watch. Miami came in yesterday with the number one scoring defense in the NFL, and they got absolutely obliterated to where the Bills could have scored 70-something if they wanted. And then that just tells you the way the Bills are playing football right now. Yeah, I haven't crunched the numbers. I have a feeling giving up 56 in the final game of the season will take a chunk out of that uh, that standing as the number one scoring defense. We're going to talk more about the Dolphins. We take a quick break, but... Let's spin this forward for Miami, especially at the all-important quarterback position, because it's clear that Tua is not ready for prime time. Will he be next year? We'll discuss that next here on PFT Live. Well, the New York Jets did what everyone expected they would do. 9-23 over two seasons for Adam Gase. Not nearly good enough to continue, especially after 2-14. And And they got dangerously close to 0-16. The announcement came last night. Christopher Johnson, the chairman and CEO of the team, announcing that Gase will not be back. Joe Douglas, the GM of the team, will indeed return. And now the question is, where do they go from here? And hovering over all of this, Chris, is that Woody Johnson, the owner of the team, will be back on January 21. Now, does he show up at the facility on January 21? Is he involved at all? Is he heavily involved? Does he say to Christopher, I'll take the keys? Thanks thanks for your for your help you put uh, a lot of dents in the, the car i mean thanks, wow, thanks for running this is not how i left crowd. it with you yeah <laughs> uh, and, and there there actually was from some in the league there was actually a sense of disappointment when woody left and gave the keys to christopher because they thought that christopher would do better than woody he he hasn't done <laughs> yeah. better than woody but right. How involved will Woody be in this process? You know, he's got 16 days left as the U.S. ambassador to the U.K. It's not all that hard to be involved in discussions, communications, Zoom meetings from the U.K. And what's he doing? He's pulling the train into the station before he packs up and comes home, although it's probably pretty busy. You're packing up all your stuff to get out of there. But he's got time to be involved. And the question is, how involved will he be when he gets back? And will he be part of this coaching search? And it will be it be his guy that ultimately is selected, not Christopher's guy. That That's something we don't know the answer to right. now, but the timeline suggests he'll have the opportunity if he wants it. Yeah, well, definitely. I mean, listen, I, he's a billionaire, so hopefully he's not uh, packing his own boxes right now. I think he's Well, gonna, you know what I mean. I know. Still I'm, a just, idea. I'm joking. Yeah. I'm joking. I'm joking. Yeah. But, I, I mean, r- really, honestly, I hope neither one of them make a decision. 
I mean, that's just where it comes down to me. I mean, th- I, I, this is why you hired Joe Douglas. Let him do his thing here. Yes, you know, be there, add your two cents, be a part of the process, great, all that stuff. But, you know, Joe Douglas, you brought him in. Let's see. He's did some interesting things with the roster. You know, I know the year didn't work out the way they wanted it to, but I, I would hope that the Johnson family doesn't get too involved in this process and they let Douglas you know, continue his vision for what he sees fit for this football team with what he's building roster-wise, and now he maybe he could get the coach that kind of fits that attitude to help that roster out. And really the big-picture decision that needs to be made now that you have the number two pick. Ooh, you still got Sam Darnold on a contract for uh, another couple of years, and Justin Fields gave everyone something to think about on Friday night on a big stage, six touchdown passes, playing through whatever damage was done to his muscles, bones, and or internal organs when he got blown up helmet first Whoa. in the second quarter of that game. You know, I, if I, Jets fans have to feel better, but still, you got to make a global decision here. Do you, I guess you could keep Darnold and draft Fields, I guess. I mean, we you know, we talked earlier about the importance of having two quarterbacks, um, but uh, th- th- this is the first decision that is going to be made of consequence by Joe Douglas, new head coach, and Woody Johnson, because by the time April rolls around, safe to assume Woody's going to be back behind the wheel of the team. And, uh, you know, as much as they try to say owners don't make those decisions, they they make their preferences known, especially when it comes to franchise quarterbacks. Well, yes. And, you know, the fact that, you know, they are, they're sitting there at number two. Justin Fields played really awesome. Man, if he could have another good game. You know, this could work out well for the Jets. You could have demand for the number two spot for people who go, wait, I want Justin Fields. So there could be that aspect of it. And then, of course, you could just say, you know what, we're going to put, you know, and, and this is where I don't think they could have like two of them on the same roster because I think inevitably that'll hurt, you know, the value of one of them or, or Sam Darnold if they do want to get rid of them. Uh, but, you know, I would think that if they put Sam Darnold on the market here in the offseason when the league year officially starts in 2021 – that there'll be some play for him so they can continue some assets there too. So that's the big thing they're going to need to figure out. You know, that's a, you know, I, I don't know. I know Jets fans feel, seem like they're at wit's end with Sam Darnold. I'm a little bit more of a believer. I am. The team is crappy. So I don't know. He's a tough he's a tough diagnosis because of what he's had in his career and he's been injured a lot, but it's a big decision for the Jets. Comes down to the vision of that next coach, and hopefully the coaching candidates will be completely candid about what they think of Sam Darnold on the way in, so everyone knows what the plan is. We got to take a break. Superlatives when PFT Live continues today. 